Hello, my name is Zach Wenzel, and this is my wife, Danielle Wenzel, and this is my sister, Stephanie Bourne, and this is my husband, Stephen Bourne, and this is my brother-in-law, Zach Wenzel. And welcome to In Laudable, the podcast from four in-laws discussing everything from pop culture and literature to movies, music, and anything in between. We're here talking about 2020 movies here for our first episode. Um, the podcast in general is kind of going to, we're going to touch on various topics as the intro lets you know. This week happens to be 2020 movies. Um, we're going to go around our table here with the hosts and each one of us has a movie or two that we're going to discuss that's coming out here in 2020. Um, I'm going to just, we're just going to dive right in and kick it off and get it going. Uh, the first movie that we're going to talk about today is one that I chose and it's actually one of the next Marvel Cinematic Universe movies. Uh, it's called The Eternals and it's due out on November 6th. It's from director Chloe Zhao. Uh, the cast is quite quite a lot of heavy hitters in this cast. We have Selma Hayek and Angelina Jolie rounding out the, the top tier actors. A couple of Game, Game of Thrones alumni in Richard Madden and Kit Haring. And also some I think comedy. it's actually Kit Harrington. Kit Harrington, you're yeah. right, Steve. I, I you know nothing, John. Snow. I don't. I know nothing about Game of Thrones. <laughs> and rounding out, we have some comedic actors. Camille Nanjiani is also in it. Um, and and the kind of brief overview of the Eternals movie is it's you know ancient ancient aliens. Uh, they've been living on Earth in secret for thousands of years. And following the events of Avengers: Endgame, uh, an unexpected tragedy forces them out of hiding to do battle with their nemesis, the Deviants. So that's one of the next Marvel Cinematic Universe movies coming out. It comes out on November 6th. Um, I don't know about you guys, but anything Marvel I'm, I'm really into. You know, and, and I think after Avengers Endgame, it's going to be really interesting to see where they go uh, with the future of the MCU. I think this is going to play a big, big part in that. As the synopsis kind of alluded to, you know, the events of Avengers Endgame are going to play big into the, to the plot of this movie. Uh, you know, Steve, you're really into Marvel Marvel movies. Probably second most next to me. So. Yes, yes, indeed. I, you know, I'm I'm pretty excited. But I don't know much about the Eternals. Wasn't didn't one of the Eternals make a cameo in one of the other movies somewhere along the line? So Thanos at one point was actually an Eternal um, in the comic books. Now, if they decide to play that into the MCU, I think um, the synopsis touches on on an unexpected tragedy. That forces them out of hiding. Perhaps, you think that's Thanos' death, maybe? Perhaps the death of Thanos plays a role in that, as he was an Eternal in the comics at one point. Um, but I think it's going to be the larger scale movies that, that they're going for now. Like the uh, more cosmic sort of right. The more cosmic Which, side. That would be really nice, because with Black Widow coming earlier in the movie, a year, that's going to be more like a like local kind of one, mm-hmm. and then it can explore both sides of the universe. Exactly, yeah. And, and, and it does tie into the past of the MCU. The Eternals and the Deviants were actually created by the Celestials, and there's a Celestial in Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Ego is a Celestial. That's right. Um, they, the Eternals are kind of an offshoot of the evolutionary process in the Marvel Universe. Um, so when, they, when the Celestials created you know, humans, the Eternals were the offset of that. And the Deviants were kind of like the mistake, where the Eternals are really beautiful and good-looking and, and pure. The deviants are the opposite. They're ugly-looking, you know, evil creatures. Do you know who plays the deviants in this? I don't have any specifics on the deviants. I'm sure they're cast. I'm not super familiar with the Eternals either. So, I mean, I have the characters. Is, is Black Knight a deviant? I don't know either. Black Knight is not a deviant. Okay. Black Knight is, is... Dane Whitman is who Kit Harrington is playing in okay. the movie. Because um, Kit Harrington, he's not ugly. 
I'm not ugly, no. <laughs> Neither is Richard Madden, so. Um, but, you know, I'm really excited about the future of the MCU in general. I'm really excited about this movie. Now, I heard um, a rumor that Keanu Reeves was in this movie. Is that, like, not true? Or? I have no idea. I mean, I, I, know the, I know Marvel's been trying trying to get Keanu Reeves into a Marvel movie for a while now. That'd be really cool. He's making uh, his, he's getting his hands in all kinds of movies lately. Oh, he's so. all over the place. Yeah, he's all over the place. But, I mean, that's one of the movies I'm most excited for this year. So the movie that I wanted to talk about today is Disney's Mulan. Uh, but first, I kind of wanted to get your guys' thoughts on how you feel about all of the Disney movies that are coming out that are live action compared to the cartoons. I think some of them the have animated. been animated. Some of them have been pretty spot on. I think I was yeah. I really liked Cinderella a lot. Actually, I think that was a really good adaptation. Mm-hmm. I was slightly disappointed in Lion King. I know Zach has some real strong thoughts about that, but yeah, I was not a fan <laughs> of Lion King. Uh, now, do you think that that's because you were such a fan growing up? I, that probably has a lot to do with it. Yeah, and there's just something very when you when you see the animals speaking, you can tell you can feel that you, the voice you hear coming out of the animals is a distant, uh, recorded in a studio type voice, which obviously it was. But if you're going to make a live action movie, that voice should feel present in the character that's in the movie and as far as Mulan goes I think it has potential to be one of the better of the Disney adaptations um, because of the controversial move to take out the songs and the talking dragon and grounding it more in the actual legend of Mulan you know Disney has all these properties and all they're really doing is taking their animated movies and just shot for shot remaking them into live action movies which I don't really know what you gain from doing that. Which wasn't that one of the main complaints with the um, Lion King one is that it was almost kind of a shot for shot. Yeah, and that's one of the biggest. Even Aladdin was a mm. shot for shot for the most part. So I feel like that's hard because for some people they'd want to be nostalgic. Like you, mm-hmm. it's it's hard to take a classic movie like that where a lot of people it's nostalgic to them, and so they have these expectations. And you don't, you need to like make it different and new and kind of your own for like all the directors and all the actors in it but also try to keep it original and mm-hmm. not change it too much because then people would come, people would... Right, you almost have that split audience where some of them probably want that, you know, keep it the same, don't mess it up, but then you also but have different. other people that if you're going to redo it, don't just and copy make it, your it own. you know, add some of your own. So stuff. I'm excited about Mulan because of that. When I first heard that they were taking the music out and that, Mushu wasn't going to be in it. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, it's not going to be good. It's not. It'll be okay, but it won't be good. But after watching the trailer. And with the music in the trailer, you hear a little bit of that, that, um, who is the girl I see? Reflection. Reflection, yes. <laughs> yes. And you hear, like, an orchestral version of it. And, like, I don't know, I got chills. Yes, that part and of, of exactly. That's definitely what I was going to get into because I had that same feeling at first. I thought, oh, my gosh, it's not going to be good. And I, I also loved... Mulan growing up so that definitely was part of it too but yeah once I saw the trailer I started crying (laughs) like listening to that like instrumental version of that song and everything that was happening it was like you see her dad and it's like I was into I'm sitting in the theater crying during (laughs) this thing this movie that you thought you would just kind of like okay so that's why it's 
kind of on my top thing because it kind of once I saw the trailer and everything, it changed my mind. I'm getting um, goosebumps with you just talking about it. Right I now. know <laughs> it's very powerful. And and Mulan has Mulan the the Chinese legend of Mulan has so many different incarnations and stories. Some of them happier than others. There's one version where her father dies while she's away at war, and she ends up killing herself at the end. Which so, I, don't, I doubt is the route they're taking in this movie. <laughs> but it just goes to show you that there's so many different, you know, retellings of the Mulan Chinese legend in general that you don't really get, that you can play with in a live-action format a little more than you could The Lion King. The Lion King has undertones of, like, Hamlet and other Shakespeare stories and stuff. That's, that story is very specific to that movie. So when you remake it, I mean, there's not really much more you can explore with the narrative because that narrative is kind of set from the mm-hmm. animated version but with Mulan you have so much you know legend and content you can pull from so all of the versions of Mulan um, from what I can find the earliest um, telling yes the earliest <laughs> telling like the first the first thing that came um, that we heard from Mulan it was from a poem called The Ballad of Mulan. And there really wasn't too much information. It wasn't like whoever died, whatever you were talking about. Her her father dies. Her father died, like all of that. She comes home and committing suicide. Yes, so in The Ballad of Mulan, it's just that it's the basic thing where, you know, one male from every family. And um, I think in The Ballad, she has like a younger brother like a toddler so it, oh. so he can't go so um there's just from that ballad that's when everything started to change and people started adding things like uh where the her family knew and they like supported her to go so the family was like okay you're gonna yeah. you know dress up as a man and you're gonna go fight for your father because he can't and you're gonna pretend um and so there's had there's been a lot of different ones and plays and things like that since then, but in the Disney one, um, she has I a have... sister in this one too, right? Because in the trailer, her father says that she's she has oh, two, daughters. two daughters. That's right, he does say mm-hmm. that. Yep, and she's the she's the older daughter. So I have like the little synopsis, the little summary from Disney, and it says that Mulan is the epic adventure of a fearless young woman who masquerades as a man in order to fight northern invaders attacking China, and that she's the eldest daughter of an honored warrior. And that when the emperor issues a decree that one man per family must serve in the imperial army, she steps in to take the place of her ailing father. Um, and you know, go ahead. No, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. I was, and until just this minute, I had no idea that Mulan was even like an old legend. Like yeah. I know Disney does that a lot. <laughs> right. I thought Mulan was like an original, and then when they came out in the '90s, whatever. But in general, Disney movies, being adult and reading the the actual like tales and fairy tales and whatever that they're based on. It's like, oh my goodness, that's it's way different. Pretty messed up. The grim, grim fairy tales for most of them. I mean, and also like, I think this will be the third time I say this, just because it was such a big part growing up and watching it so many times. But like, with especially with this movie, just from the trailer, it's like you kind of like put yourself almost like just how she would feel, and like those scene where um, the they come in and they say like one male from everything and and to think of like your father or your grandfather or something and that happening it's like you start to really feel you know them sacrificing and providing for to protect 
their country, but also their family. Yeah. So that it just seems really powerful, and I'm really excited for it. And like, not to get too personal here, but that particular situation reminds me of your dad, Stephanie and Danielle. I think I could see him being that way. Right. Like very like. Even if he's broken up and stuff, he like no he questions. Just, he would volunteer yes. first it's thing. It's very, very. I can see how you could relate to that, and that's that's really neat. Yeah. All right. Very cool. Well, I'm looking forward to Mulan as well. Uh, I think it's gonna be a really good Disney Disney remake here. Uh, I know Steph and Steve have some movies they're looking forward to as well. Uh, what's what's coming up the pike that you guys are most most excited for? The movie that I picked is on the Nile, the sequel to. Orient, uh, Murder on the Orient Express. Yeah. Which I love. Yes. Yeah, loves the good <laughs> so, whodunit. So, um, they're based on the Agatha Christie novels, which I had never really read. I listened to the audiobook, the audio version of Murder on the Orient Express. I don't remember if it was before or after. It was before. It. Was it before the movie? Yeah. Um, I think it was because the movie was coming out, though. And also Dan Stevens, he did, he read it. Oh, if yeah. anyone's into, into audiobooks, I recommend that one for sure, because... Yes. Um, it's really, really well read. I was never really interested in audiobooks before because I like I like reading and coming up with my own in my head, my own um, vision of what all the characters look and sound like and everything. But I kind of have a long commute with work and stuff, and so I started listening to audio. Steve got me listening to audiobooks and stuff. But yeah, so I really enjoyed listening to that, and so I'm excited for the sequel. I haven't read or listened to Death on the Nile yet. But yeah, I'm excited for it. It says re- the release date is expected um, October 9th. Ooh. It's still in post production, so that might change. But that's, well, that's, that's good. October, Halloween time, murder mystery. I like it. Yep. So it is directed again by Kenneth. Kenneth Branagh. I'm sorry, I cannot Branagh. say him. Bran. Branagh? Branagh? <laughs> I don't know. He's, he's, Bran- pretty, he's legit. Branagh. And uh, the same screenwriter, too, Michael Green. The synopsis for A Death on the Nile is, while on vacation on the Nile, Hercule Poirot must investigate the murder of a young heiress. So, it's pretty much, it's a sequel, but it's pretty much all new characters. Hercule Poirot is is in it again. Okay, that's what I was going to ask. I wasn't sure how the... Who are some of the other actors and actresses? Um, so... Gal Gadot mm. is in it. Mm-hmm. Um, Rose Leslie. So, um, going back to you, I think her and Kit Harrington are an item in real life. The guy who's going to be in the Eternals. They the are. Second oh. name you just said. They are. Yeah, yeah. And they're Rose in, Leslie. I'm yeah. not familiar with her. And uh, she's in the Game of Thrones. Said, they were a thing too. I think. She's okay. the one who says, "You know nothing." Jon Snow. Yeah. It's okay. Oh. A lot of Game of Thrones actors getting big work out there. I mean, Game of Thrones launched them, I guess. But she was actually in Downton Abbey. I think prior to Game of Thrones, mm-hmm. so you know, and I like Down Abbey a little bit more. Um, Army Hammer. Oh, I don't know who that is. Army Hammer. He played. Uh, he was the Lone Ranger. He was the twins in the Facebook movie. If you ever saw that, he. I feel like he was in something else. Man from Uncle, the new Man from Uncle. I think. Yep, I man, think he's man from Uncle. And yeah. he, he was in the Oscar movie last year. Call Me by Your Name or yes. something. Yes. Yep. Yes. Yep. Yep. Here. Yep. I, I think, I don't know, based on what you're saying, I don't know, this is a sequel, like you said, but I don't know that you necessarily need to watch Murder on the Orient Express. Well, and to, that's the right. thing. So both Murder on the Orient Express and Death on the Nile, they're just some of her popular 
mm-hmm. yeah. books. Um, Hercule Poirot is like, isn't that like one of her main? Yes. Oh, wait, so so it's books so don't actually go like first. Not directly, second? but it's kind of oh, like you okay. can. It's not. They're not. I think they're not really direct sequels of each other. From what okay. I, yeah. from what I understand, I want to go and read. Or the movies and then narrative wise, but I think I if I recall correctly, at the end of Murder on the Orient Express, the he, he's trying to go on vacation and they say, oh we there's been something that happened on the Nile. Oh, yes. that's right. So I yes. guess it is a direct sequel. I mean, um, it is, but... Um, sorry. Whereas, like, James Bond is a direct sequel. Where you don't have to watch the previous James Bond movies to enjoy it. There are, um, just for Her Girl Perot, just for his storyline and what Agatha Christie has written, there's 33 novels, one play, and over 50 short stories. All of that is involved with him. So he first appeared um, in... The Mysterious Affair at Styles oh. in 1929. And then um, he last appeared in um, Curtain in 1975. And so the very first one, I think it's kind of interesting. So it was in 1929, right after World War I. Mm-hmm. So, he's a, so he's from Belgium. He's a Belgian detective. And he's like a refugee, like after World War I and everything that happened in Belgium. Belgium, he is in like England after World War One. That's why. So he that's that's why because he's such a good detective. That's why he's out of work. That's why he has time to like solve this oh. murder and everything in that in that first book okay. and stuff. And then all so there's kind of like a story arc. They kind of go in, but so there's like the first one and then the last one in 1975 in Curtain. I don't I don't remember if he dies. I, I don't know. But that's kind of, that's the end. That's when he last, like, appears or whatever. And I think it's interesting because Agatha Christie didn't really, like, like him as a character towards the oh. end. She, she said, there's a quote, and she says something like, um, he, she doesn't, she just wanted to do it because that's what, pe- that's what the people, that's what the fans wanted, that's what the people wanted. Mm-hmm. And so <laughs> that's why she wrote him. But she said, she said he was a detestable bombastic, tiresome, egocentric little creep. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. Yeah. You don't really get that. Kind of Rana doesn't really play that. He's like a sophisticated Which, dapper. Like, so, collected. towards the end. Okay. So, in the later... It's, he solves all these cases and gets the big, big ego. Yeah. Cool. I think the murder mystery, like, genre is kind of making a comeback. I mean, those movies and Knives Out came out this past year. I really enjoyed that. One of my favorite movies of the year. Uh, yeah. It was. It's not an Agatha Christie, but it was a very good. Another you definitely see the influence. Mm-hmm. That one, I think it's. I think it was a Netflix one. Uh, with Jennifer. Oh yes. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yes. That's true. That's true. Which was like. Screen. It was an Adam Sandler movie. Though. Yeah, but it, yeah, it, that had that theme, had that feel to it. Cool. Interesting structure, and I know even, I think it's Ryan Reynolds and Jason Bateman for the longest time have been circling, remaking Clue from the eighties. Oh, that'd be really as cool. A movie. Especially with those two guys behind yeah, it, that'd be really fun. I'm a big fan of Clue, the board game, and Clue, the movie. Uh, I think it's a really underrated comedy. But, yeah, you can definitely see the influence of Agatha Christie on movies throughout the decades, including mm-hmm. now, so it's very cool. But, yeah, so I'm excited to see it. Death on the Nail. What are you excited for, Steve? I'm excited about all kinds of movies. I have an honorable mention list. I'll go through after I'm done the main movie I want to talk about. I don't really have one movie specifically I'm like most excited about, but this one, Quiet Place 2, is one that I have uh, uh, my eye on for a couple of reasons. First of all, I liked Quiet Place 1. It was like 
John Krasinski. Is that how you say his name? Krasinski. Yeah. Krasinski. Yeah. He had done. He had directed movies prior to that. I didn't know that. I looked one up. It's one called Promised Land. I want to see it. Matt Damon's in it. I'm like John Krasinski and Matt Damon are involved in one project. It's probably really cool. So we like both those guys. But I think Quiet Place is like the big movie where he's directed that people like really got their eyes on him for it. I really liked it because it um, focused on a family and and their daughter had hearing loss. And that is significant to me because I'm an audiologist, almost. A couple more months, I'll be an audiologist. And I think it's really interesting that you know, this, this girl's deaf in the movie. The actress is actually also deaf. That's one of the main reasons I kind of got interested in it. But first Quiet Place, only had the cast was only seven people. Quiet Place 2, the cast has 31 people. So just a quick recap, I guess, I don't know, should we avoid spoilers here? It's a two-year-old movie. Yeah, that's okay. So, um, Quiet Place 1, this family, they're in this world where, you know, there's these monsters or aliens have invaded. They have really sensitive hearing. It's really cool in the movie, actually, zoom in on their tympanic membrane or their eardrum, and it's uh, really huge and it's really cool looking. But anyways, they, they are attracted to sound, and anytime you make even a small sound, they'll come and get you. So there's this family living in this world, and they kind of built this farm, and they are self-sufficient in this world that's like really quiet. And uh, in the end, I forgot the exact circumstances, but John Krasinski's character, he plays the father. He has to like, he sacrifices himself for his daughter, and the monster comes and gets him. And the second one picks up almost, I think, immediately after the first one. So the trailer looks a little bit, yeah. yeah. In the first one, the mom actually has a baby, which is really interesting in a quiet world. That's, that's got to be a challenge. But she has the baby, and the, they're, they're crossing, they're, they're getting away from their old farm because it kind of got wrecked. They kind of had to start anew. And she is walking out of their town or whatever and hits a little trip wire in the trailer. And then these, like, beer bottles start jingling, which is a loud sound, which means the monsters are going to come, and they start running. And throughout the course of the movie, you see that there's other people involved. And you kind of get the impression from the trailer that the monsters aren't necessarily the only threat out there, or they aren't necessarily the worst threat. These other people might have some other hidden agendas, which kind of circles back almost like it's me and thinking about like Walking Dead. I never really watched Walking Dead that much, but you get the impression the one season I watched that zombies aren't necessarily the worst threat. Sometimes the people are too. Yeah. And I think Quiet Place Two is going to have a similar vibe in that way, but it's going to be cooler because it's not zombies; it's like monsters. But a couple things I just like I'm really excited about. Cillian Murphy is in this movie, and speaking of zombies, he was in Twenty Eight Days Later a monster type movie and I really enjoyed him in that movie so I'm excited to see how he interacts with them in Quiet Place 2. And just overall because I'm into audiology I like the like kind of the, the underlying theme of like you know hearing and such and I think it's really cool to see Millicent Simmons who is the, the daughter there's this deaf actress and she's succeeding in Hollywood and that's just really cool to me that someone who has this ability like that is finding a career in Hollywood, which isn't all that common, and I think hats off to her for that, and I think it's really neat. Yeah, it's really cool. That's awesome, yeah, and I really liked the, the first Quiet Place, too, um, and, you know, and it was, I was lucky enough to see it in the theater, with, it had like one other person in it. Me too, similar situation. So it was quiet, whereas if you went on like a Friday night with a lot of people in there, I feel like it might take away from the experience of, of what the first movie was trying to convey, you know, the experience of you know, a lot of movies, it's a quiet place. You know, there's not quiet. really a soundtrack to it. Yeah. yeah, there's no music. Um, yeah, and, and seeing it in that environment was really cool. Um, so yeah, it it's, looks exciting to see that they're going to go back a little bit, kind of ex 
explain the monsters it looks like or what happened before the first movie yeah yeah doesn't always work out for movies but I, I like John Krasinski he's behind the helm I think with his story and directing and I think um Emily Blunt is his wife in real life yeah and so they played a couple in the movie I'm like that would be interesting like I, he directed it I can just yeah. picture him giving her notes like I think you need to show emotion, more emotion here like more of that but I wonder if that was uh, how that was she made a joke about it in an interview about the the birth scene when she gives birth oh yeah and how I don't think he tried to give her notes maybe he did I don't think he did but she was just like you cannot give me notes on this yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Stephanie I watched um, the Foley, a video with the Foley artists for the first Quiet Place movie, mm-hmm. and the sound that they make when they're crawling around is actually a stalk of celery that they're like twisting and crackling, yeah. which I thought was kind of interesting. I thought it yeah. was really cool. I love watching Foley videos that show how <laughs> sounds are made. I think it's so interesting. Yeah. But yeah, the release date for that one is March 20th, so it's not, it's just around the corner, basically. So yeah, I'm excited yeah. to see that one. That might be, yeah. Danielle doesn't really dig the horror movies, even though it's a, more of a monster movie. Yeah. It's not really, a, yeah, it's not really a horror movie as much as it's like a, yeah. Maybe it'll be a Steven Zack movie. Yeah. Maybe, <laughs> but we have to, let's go on like a Tuesday morning or something where it's going to be quiet. Yes. So we not can get Friday. the full experience. Yes. Yeah. I'm all about madness. I love it. What are some of your honorable mentions? Oh, I got a lot of honorable mentions, Zach. So first one, Free Guy. Quick synopsis. Ryan Reynolds is stuck in, he's a character in a video game. Yeah. Looks really funny. <laughs> um, there's one called Onward. Disney Pixar film. Yeah. It's got Chris Pratt and Tom Holland in it. And they're like, I'm ex- interested in it because there's a lot of, it seems like there's a lot of magic involved and um, it looks like a fun adventure story. I always love a good Pixar film. The next Pixar film I want to talk about, Soul. Maybe you can, that one looks really cool to me yeah, too. Yeah, Soul looks, it looks like, I mean, the trailer seems to suggest that this guy dies immediately and then the rest of the movie is about his soul. I'm feeling like an Inside Out, inside out vibe from yeah, it a little bit. Yeah, I think you've asked from that, yes. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, I'm excited for that. There's Bill and Ted's Face the Music. I can't wait for that. <laughs> I love the first Bill and Ted's when I was a kid growing up. I thought it was really fun. I'm excited to see now that they're adults. Yeah. Um, what the premise is, I think it's gonna be really interesting. Keanu can do no wrong right now. He's yeah. he's really hitting on all cylinders with the John Wicks, and he's just kind of popping up at everything. He's in the new he's, SpongeBob. Yeah. He has a tumbleweed. And, and, <laughs> and Duke Kaboom in Toy Story 4 was, I love that he made a small role in uh, a Netflix movie which the name is escaping me right now Always Be My Maybe yeah, yeah that was fun he played himself in that himself, yeah and it was fantastic if you haven't seen it I, I don't know I don't know the details but my brother's a big Keanu Reeves fan and I guess in like real life he's really involved in a lot of humanitarian efforts and such yeah. and he's like seems like a really good dude yeah. in general all around okay these next two I have a feeling they're gonna be bad movies but it, on principle, I'm excited about them. <laughs> Maybe you can guess what they are? Uh, I don't know. Okay, so growing up, I loved playing with my G.I. Joes. Uh, yeah. And there's the new G.I. Joe Ever Vigilant coming out, and apparently there's a G.I. Joe Snake Eyes movie coming out. And I know it's going to be bad. I know it's not going to be good because yeah. the other G.I. Joe movies were poor, but because it's G.I. Joe and I grew up playing with my G.I. Joes. You just have to see it. I'm going to have to see it. Yeah, the first ones were... I vaguely remember the, I don't think I ever saw the second one I definitely remember seeing the first one I know Joseph Gordon-Levitt played yeah Cobra Commander Cobra Commander <laughs> that was a weird choice and it's like before he becomes Cobra Commander it's like his and then transition. I think the second one they kill off Channing Tatum in the first like five minutes but then they realized that Channing Tatum was like the selling celebrity of the movie, like why people were going to see the movie so they had to bring him back for the rest of the and movie and Bruce Willis was in it I guess Bruce Willis yeah but 
I, uh, it'll be interesting. I think, I mean, I know it's... G.I. Joe, I think they could make that movie really good if they approached it in a different, like, less sci-fi sort of way, but, like, more like soldiers in a war. I think yeah. That could be really interesting, but I'm still going to... You still have my... I'll still buy it. I'm go watch it. The other honorable mention I wanted to mention is actually Dune. I uh, never read the book, but I'm going to try and read it the before... Yeah, the remake of Dune. Yeah. I'm going to try and re- read the book before the movie comes out. I don't. I can't pronounce the guy. His name was directing it. Maybe you, Vic, Dennis. Uh, Dennis Villeneuve or, or something like that. Yeah, yeah. He We're directed. Not good with names today. He directed Arrival, I believe. He directed Arrival. He directed the Blade Runner movie that the re- most recent Blade Runner movie that came out. And those I never saw Blade Runner actually, but um, I I got the vibe that there's some really good cinematography in it. There's yeah. like, lots of really cool shots. I'm sure, he did the cinematography on that, but yeah, there's definitely a lot of. Uh, vistas and what you know yeah just good looking scenes in general and arrival is kind of the same way it's very rich in like yeah and outdoors lots of green and stuff and i have a feeling based i never like i said never read dune but i think it's gonna fit right in his wheelhouse it's gonna be yeah, really Dave good bautista is in the dune movie. oh cool he was also in blade runners so it's becoming a trend i guess but so i'm excited about all those Denny. the other one i mentioned was new mutants maybe kind of that's kind of been floating around for a couple of years. Disney, not that Disney's bought Fox has kind of been in limbo as to whether yeah. they're going to release it or not, but I guess they're going forward with one last Fox X-Men property. Yeah. But those are my honorable mentions. There's several others, I think. Oh, yeah. Of course, James Bond as well. I'm definitely going to see that. Yeah, I'm very excited. Daniel Craig's last go at it. I mean, that'll be a good it's one. Be good. I, know, be good. I just read the other day, I think, Billie Eilish and her brother, Phineas, they're going to do the song for James Bond. It's always a big part of the James Bond movie. Oh, yeah. The entrance song. This could be interesting. They're switching directors. So the last two were Sam Mendes. Oh, it's Carrie Carrie Fukunaga. Yeah. Yeah. He. Yeah. I don't know any of his other work. He directed. I want to say he directed a movie called Fruitvale Station with. Um, oh yeah, yeah. Michael B. Jordan is in it, but he was originally supposed to do the Flash movie for DC, but I think they've gone through like four or five different directors. <laughs> so who knows what happened there? But yeah, I think yeah, he's definitely gonna. I think it'll be a nice spin on Bond. I think it'll be pretty cool. Yeah. And um, the one character i forgot her name the actress is leah sido i think or something like that i don't remember i'm not sure but she's rolling over from the last movie and i think that's cool they've done, oh, that a, little, yeah, they've done yeah. a little bit more with these bond movies it's not like a different girl every time yeah <laughs> and i think that's kind of cool it makes it a little more real and uh just it's like more of a narrative structure yes individual stories because i remember i watched the trailer for the new one no time to die and like i remember Christoph Waltz was in the last one, and the lady, but I don't remember anything about, I don't even remember the name of the last one. Um, Spectre. Spectre, yes. that's what it was. I will definitely have to go back and watch that. That was a, a callback to, back in the day, Blofeld was Blofeld. the villain, who is who Dr. Evil's based off of in Austin yeah. Powers, and Christoph, I think, is like the new Blofeld. Yeah. Um, but I think that, that's going to be really interesting. I'm curious to see if this is his last go, Daniel Craig's last go. I wonder if they're going to like reboot it after that or if it's going to be like a new 00 agent I'm very curious to see like how they because yeah, before it's like double it's always been James Bond different actors yeah. at this point depending how it ends I don't know if it's going to be a new character or like new act I don't know what they're going to do the movie always the James Bond franchise in general has always bounced around the various like companies you know Sony yeah. made Bond movie MGM used to make Bond movie yeah. so the rights kind of bounce around all these different studios there's like a whole story behind that that we're not going to get into, but it's very interesting to look it up. The, the people, the various people that have owned the rights to James Bond movies and, and how they've been all made. So it should be interesting to see where. 
I'd like to see like Daniel Craig go out with like a really good bang. After that, I think it'd be neat to like have a new 007. Yeah, but we'll see. We'll see. Very very cool. Very cool. Um, I mean, there's there's a couple of honorable mentions, I guess, on my part as well. Um, there's a movie called Tenant that's coming out. Uh, it's a new Christopher Nolan movie. Um, I don't know if you guys have seen the trailer for it. I did. It looks weird, it's, but cool. It looks it looks very much in line with uh, Inception or like Memento, maybe. A yeah, little bit. Memento. Like apparently, this is supposed to be Christopher Nolan's like piece de la resistance to say some French there like his masterpiece that he's you know, but then you say that about Dunkirk is, yeah, <laughs> he's like, like every movie the, the grandest scale you know that he's done and considering he did the Dark Knight trilogy and Interstellar he's done some pretty big movies um, this movie stars Robert Pattinson he's in it uh, Aaron Taylor Johnson who you would know from he's Quicksilver in the Avengers movies oh, yeah, yeah, he yeah. was he, he kind of floats around wasn't he in um Badass as well. Kick, kick, kick ass. ass. Yeah, not, bad. not badass. <laughs> uh, kick ass. Kenneth Branagh is actually in this one as well. Nolan Michael Caine, obviously, he's a Christopher Nolan staple. Michael Caine is in every Christopher. Can you Nolan do a Michael Caine impression? Marco Caine. So you kind of have to say <laughs> Michael Caine in a British accent. Michael Caine, and that's kind of Michael Caine. Michael Caine, and that's kind of what. <laughs> I learned that from Dana Carvey. Dana Carvey does a Michael Caine impression, and it's very similar to saying Michael Caine. It's you know he's got a very strange English accent. Um, but I love listening to him talk. I can listen to that guy talk all day. Yeah, and then John David Washington is another main character in the film, which you might know him from. He was in Black Klansman, which I don't know if you guys saw. Oh that. I yeah, Danielle saw that movie. He plays the lead role in that movie as well. Um, and nobody really knows too many details about the movie. Christopher Nolan's been pretty... Ambiguous about it. Coy about it. Um, but there is a rumor floating out there, and I actually read this in an L.A. Times article with John David Washington as well, so it might be a little bit more than a rumor, that the plot in general is a secret agent he's tasked with preventing World War Three through time travel. And if you watch the trailer, you kind of see he knows events that are going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um he walks in and there's bullet holes through glass and oh yeah what happened here and he's like oh it hasn't happened yet um but i think you know i think the the actors are really going to carry this one especially robert pattinson uh i know for years and years i had preconceived notions about robert pattinson as i'm sure a lot of people did from the twilight movies which aren't the greatest of acting you know (laughs) showcases which he's he has made comments on too yeah i know he was not a big fan of of that as well um but having seen him in a recent movie called the lighthouse that he was in with willem dafoe that dude can act he's got some really good acting chops we watched the there's an old interview now i forgot which talk show host it was but it was it was an interview after the last twilight movie came out and like he's like are you kind of sad like um what was it isn't this kind of bittersweet he's like maybe for the fans (laughs) (laughs) which i guess i guess now there was a period where he was he did have those types of feelings, but now he's more like it was a good experience and he's happy with it or something. Yeah, I think he really wants to take his acting career seriously. He's in some other things that, that I know have gotten really good reviews that I haven't seen. And he's a new Batman. Bruce he's Wayne, the new yeah. Batman, which a lot of people are weird and upset about as well. But I think it's something that's going to be really ended up being really cool. I remember when Heath Ledger got cast as the Joker, people hated it. They but he's like from, the best Joker. Yeah, the Stephen Penn things I hate about you is going to be the Joker. Night's Tale is going to be Joker. Um, but then he actually ended up, he ended up knocking it out of the park and winning that, that Oscar for it after his death. And that's um, why I think it'll just be really telling to see how Robert Pattinson is going to Batman. 
Yeah, and not to not Batman doesn't come out this year, but to speak on Batman a little more, I think he's not only is he going to be great in the roles, but they've cast a lot of good actors alongside him to kind of boost up that whatever's going on with the DC movies. But as far as Tenet goes, obviously it's probably going to be an Oscar picture next year. Most Christopher Nolan movies are. Yeah. It's going to be large scale, probably going to be like three hours long. <laughs> Hopefully not as slow burning as Interstellar because I don't know if you guys saw that movie. I didn't see that one. It's incredibly boring in my opinion. But a lot of people love it. A lot of people love it. But I think it's going to be, you know, really interesting to see what Christopher Nolan does next with with this movie since he's calling it you know his, his masterpiece on such a large scale um, Dunkirk was a lot smaller scope wise I feel it was a lot more self-contained movie because um, it's just like the one area yeah, no time travel in Dunkirk yeah, exactly. where this one he's gonna he's gonna expand that um, that narrative into time travel um, stuff like that uh, but I think the cast is really gonna carry it Christopher Nolan's vision really gonna carry it hope you know I'm, I'm gonna go see it. I, don't know about you I guys. will for I'm sure. Excited well, for it or not. Stephanie might see that one with me. So Stephanie and I, I we have a. She likes she humors me with going to the movies a lot, but she doesn't like sad movies. Which or scary bringing movies. It, bringing it back to the Disney movies, I kind of blame that on <laughs> the happy ending. <laughs> Every like, single story. Good always trumps evil. I, yeah, I blame it on that. So I, yeah, I like I like happy endings. Where I'm like, oh man, the acting performance in that was so good, and written like I'm like, the, even though it's sad, it teaches you a valuable life lesson. She's like, yeah, but but like, now I feel horrible. <laughs> and or like she like makes up her own ending in your head or something. I, I do that a lot. <laughs> Different books and movies. Yeah, I don't like the ending, and but I'm like, imagine, well, that person. Like the end of La La Land, they kind of imagine. That's a perfect happy example, ending, yeah. But, but it's not a happy ending. So when we saw La La Land, I'm like, okay, movie ends there. That's right. where the movie <laughs> ends. I'm going to pretend that the rest of it didn't even happen. Yeah. So some other movies coming out this year that, that I just kind of throw out there and discuss what we want to. Avatar 2 is finally coming out. Is that really? years after the first one came out. Does anybody care about Avatar movies anymore? I didn't really well, like the first one that much. I did not like it. I liked, I liked it. My uncle, my uncle loves the first one. It's his favorite movie. Anytime it's on TV, he'll sit and watch because it's on TV, so there's commercials. He'll sit and watch like all five hours that it takes <laughs> to be on TV. But it's been twelve years, and I remember when the first one came out. I worked at a movie theater, and you know, Avatar came out, and it was kind of eh, whatever. Some people came and saw it, and then something blew up with it, <laughs> and we sold out of every single showing of that movie, day to night. It was incredible. I didn't. I don't know what. Now, I don't know if it was word heard, of mouth. Now, when did that movie come out? It was in December. Like, in the yeah, yeah. I think and so. I I read somewhere that they the movie was originally supposed to come out like in the summertime, and for whatever reason, it got pushed to December. And the other movies that were coming out around that time in that month were not. Yeah, very remember, popular and they said that that was the reason it was because it didn't have any competition yeah. yeah there wasn't that competition that it would have had as like a summer movie like 2008 everything else that was coming out 2008 Christmas if I remember correctly that was the first year I worked in a movie theater and Christmas movies that came out I believe was Bedtime Stories with Adam oh, yeah. Sandler uh, Valkyrie with Tom Cruise and mm-hmm. then the first Sherlock Holmes movie came out around the same time so you're right, not heavy hitters like we have now where Star Wars comes out. And they said that that Christmas. weighed heavily on yeah. why so many people went and saw that movie. And I think it was, 3D was yeah. just getting big in, in 2007, that too, it was more... And But it's been 12 years and 3D is 
died a quick death at the movie theater. It's not as big of a draw as it was when it first came out. You're less, Go ahead, sorry. No, less and less 3D movies are, are being made. Mm-hmm. And they're not being sh- shot in 3D. Where Avatar was shot with 3D cameras, it kind of lent itself to that. Now movies, when they're filmed, they're post-converted to 3D. Do you know, is this Avatar? Was it, was it filmed the same way? He probably he introduced some sort of weird technology like he always does. Is it James Cameron again? Yeah. Okay. Which, hot take, I think James Cameron is incredibly overrated as a director. <laughs> I love Terminator Judgment Day. And Titanic obviously gets its acclaim, but... He's an interesting dude. He, like, he's done other stuff. He, like, dived to the... Not dived. He went to the bottom of the Mariner's Trench in the ocean. Yeah, he did. He, he like, produced, like, a documentary about yeah. diving as well. He's interesting. Similar. Um, but some other movies, have, uh, Ghostbusters is coming out. Ghostbusters, that'll be kind of good. Not affiliated with the women Ghostbusters, which I did not like, not because they were women Ghostbusters, but because it was a bad movie. <laughs> I didn't enjoy the movie. I thought Chris Hemsworth was great in that movie, but I know this new one they're tying into the original franchise um, a lot more with with Finn uh, Wolfhard's character and Paul Rudd and yeah, you know, Bankman's grandchildren. It'll be interesting. I think it'll be fun. The, um, the other one. I didn't mind the other one that came out a couple of years ago with the um, Chris Melissa McCarthy. Uh, if he wasn't in that movie, I don't know. If that, you know. It was humorous. I enjoyed it. I liked it a lot. Chris Hemsworth was very funny, but I still I think it still would have been a really good movie yeah. if he wasn't in it. But other 2020 <laughs> release. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's yeah. We can have a. We're not going to debate about it. It was about three-year-old Ghostbusters. <laughs> but Wonder Woman 1984 is another one that's come out this year. Um, Morbius. Morbius. B- Birds yeah. of Prey. We talked a little bit about Black Widow. Black Widow. So lots of good comic book movies coming out this year. Oh, I know you're into The Kingsman. There's The Gentleman coming out. I do love The out. Kingsman. Well, The Gentleman is a Guy Ritchie movie. It's about gangsters. There's a movie coming out called The, the King. King's that's what I was thinking. Sorry, not Gentleman. The Kingsman. Which is the prequel to The Kingsman movies, and it has Ralph Fiennes in it. Anything you put Voldemort in, I'll watch. I think it's Rafe Fiennes. Rafe Fiennes? Whatever. <laughs> just kidding. I'm just We're not doing good with names today. <laughs> um, I think it's going to be really interesting to go back and see that kind of beginning of The Kingsman movies. I do love The Kingsman movies. Taron Edgerton is one of my favorites. I know he's one of Danielle's favorites. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he kills it in those movies. I love that Elton John was in the second one. All those movies in general are just fantastic. Um, there's also some musicals coming out this year. Steven Spielberg has remade West Side Story. That's coming out oh, this year. Oh, I didn't year. know that. That's cool. Um, what I'm dubbing the Puerto Rican La La Land, <laughs> which might not be political correct, but Lin-Manuel Miranda has a musical coming out as well called In the Heights this summer. I'm really into musicals. I really loved La La Land when it came out. I think this is going to be you know, really good. Not just musical, but kind of story about you know, culture and different cultures and different neighborhoods. In the well. Heights. Yes, like, in the like the song. Um, when we first thought of the idea of doing this podcast, we were going to start off with a discussion about Doolittle, which came out this, recently. But we Friday. Did, Friday. Yeah. But we, we, uh, we did not see it yet. And the reviews are so kind of poor. I still kind of want to see it. It looks magical to me, but we did which not. Which when the reviews are poor, that usually means that I like it. <laughs> which yes. begs the question, Robert Downey Jr. was nominated for awards when he played Charlie Chaplin. And he fell into drugs and stuff. And then he had a big comeback with Iron Man and all the Avengers movies. And he's he's good in the Sherlock Holmes, Sherlock Holmes movies as well. But outside of those franchises, he's kind of kind of struggles to to produce you know box office heavy movies. Um, what was it? Tropic Thunder. Tropic Thunder. Was like hu- Tropic Thunder was huge when it came out of the theater. I remember that we you know, which is a hilarious movie where he plays a 
white Australian actor playing a black colonel in Vietnam. It's crazy. It's ridiculous. <laughs> I think he got an Oscar nom for that. Yeah, that's from The Mind of Ben Stiller, which and you know, his stuff is fantastic. So. When a comedy character like that gets an Oscar nomination, it's like that's a unique situation. It doesn't happen very often. So yeah. I, it's, it's, I think it's cool. So maybe Doolittle's good. Maybe we'll see it. Maybe we won't. But there's an Untitled Walking Dead movie, apparently. Yeah, out. but I thought the, the I think the Rick Grimes character that they actually I stopped watching the show either wrote or killed off the show is getting his own movie for some reason. <laughs> I don't know why. Um, but some of the ones that you mentioned, you know, Morbius, which is Sony's kind of world of Spider-Man characters, Venom included in that. Morbius is the next one. Morbius is a van- living vampire. He's a doctor that has like a disease and he seeks out a cure and he becomes vampiric-like. Um, but the end of the Morbius trailer actually features a character from Spider-Man Homecoming, Michael Keaton's character, villain the Vulture. in that movie, The Vulture. So it looks like they're tying in the MCU Spider-Man and the Sony stuff. That's going to get real more. tricky, I think. As they continue both of them. I don't know how they'll factor into the larger MCU, but as far as Spider-Man itself goes, I think they can try to contain that a little bit more. Because yeah. um, I know Marvel is making one more Spider-Man movie, and then I think Tom Holland is in like one more larger Avengers group movie. movie, Avengers movie, whatever they happen to do, be doing at the time. But yeah, it'd be really interesting to see Sony and Marvel work together. I would assume Marvel knew that Michael Keaton was playing his character in Morbius. I'm just I'm assuming it wasn't some sort of like, like a secret here we surprise. Here. <laughs> but yeah, that, I think that's another really interesting one. There's a lot, of, a lot of movies coming out in 2020. A lot of franchise movies, which I know a lot of people complain that there's nothing but franchise movies that come out now. They want more original stories, but I think we're getting a lot of those as well. Like like I said, In the Heights and yeah, and some of those other movies that are coming out this year. I'm just looking at our list that you sent a little bit ago, and there's one called, it's a Disney movie called Raya and the Last Dragon. I didn't even know this was a thing, mm. but the name intrigued me, so I read the quick synopsis. In a realm known as Luminandra, a reimagined Earth inhabited by an ancient civilization, a warrior named Raya is determined to find the last dragon. I'm sold already, just on that. <laughs> I love dragons and adventure and magical things like that, so I'll see that. And it's Disney, so. Yeah. That's one I just saw on your list here. But. Very cool. So, I mean, those are some of the 2020 movies we're looking forward to. Why should you care that we're looking forward to them? I don't know. We're just looking forward to them, and you might want to listen to our opinions on them. Um, Let us know which ones you're excited for. Yeah, you might be excited for something completely off the wall that we're totally forgetting about. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there's plenty of more movies that are coming out. A lot of horror movies coming out. I didn't bring any of those up because I don't think the three other people here care about those. <laughs> I care about those. I'll go see them. But um, there's a Beastie Boys documentary coming out on Apple TV later this year that they're releasing in theaters, and Spike Lee made it. Oh, that'll be interesting. Not Spike Jones. One of those two. I'm sorry. One Spike. Uh, Spike made it, and I'm looking forward (laughs) to that as well. So there's some stuff on the documentary front as well. But, you know, everyone has their own flavor of what movies they like and what we're looking forward to this year. I'm sure you guys have your own. We have our own. So, I mean, that's our our first episode there. It was really fun talking about movies for this year. I don't know about you guys. Thanks for listening. If anyone made it to this point. (laughs) If anyone made it to the end. Good for you me rambling on about Eternals <laughs> which nobody cared about and Tenet I picked some very weird obscure movies that I don't think Tenet I care Tenet. about I care about Tenet. both of those movies Steve cares about them um, in fact I, on your list Eternals is the first one on the list on the IMDb list that MCU man in the cast and, you, know, <laughs> you know you put Angelina Jolie and some Hayek in a Marvel movie you're gonna get you can get some good stuff so yeah that's our first episode thank you guys for listening 
Uh, our next episode, we're going to talk about something that's really going to get your blood pumping, board games. And so if you care about board games, you might want to listen to that. And don't, not board, B-O-R-E-D, because, like, that's not how board games are. Right. It's board, like, B-O-R-A-R-D. But you might B-O-A-R-D. get bored. B-O-A-R-D. <laughs> we're going to each bring our favorite game we like to play and talk about it. Yeah. And then we're really interested in playing more games, so we'd love to hear some of your favorites as well. But thank you for listening to this episode. And tune into the next one, and we'll keep you entertained. This episode of Inlaudible is brought to you by Nothing at All.